Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Hello, everybody. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And for all those people that watch the show all the time, you know we love entrepreneurship, we love business, but we also talk about health. We talk about what it takes as an entrepreneur to have the healthy lifestyle, the healthy inside, the healthy outside, the healthy spirit, the healthy emotion the healthy approach to life that will help you in your entrepreneurial journey. And we talk about it all the time. So when Mr. Christian Elliott came across our desk, we we had a chance to look into what Christian has been up to for a number of years. And wow, he is just a real leader in the space. When we talk about getting healthy, we talk about looking at the human being as a whole human being, Christian Elliott and his wife, Nina, their practice is true whole human. And what they're all about is making sure that there's a holistic approach to getting your life back on track, to getting healthy, to taking where you're at today and becoming better every single day. So Christian, I'm so excited to have you on the dot-com magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. Yeah, it's great to have you. We had a pre-interview. I was so interested to have you on the show. But before we get started, we have so many questions. Let's pull the lens back to 30,000 feet, Christian. Tell us about True Whole Human, and then we're going to get into it. Okay. Yeah. So we started back in 2005, and really, the two years prior to that was about my quest to get well. It was about going from somebody who was breaking down. You wouldn't look at me and think, oh, that guy's unhealthy, but I sure felt that way. I was musculoskeletally, I was breaking apart, my immune system wasn't well, and so I I knew I needed help, and I, I ended up, after kind of going through the medical merry-go-round and not getting much success, found a, an alternative practitioner, found a chiropractor who educated me. He put my structure back together. He taught me about nutrition. He got, he helped, my, helped me learn how to exercise and saw all the things I was doing wrong and made me want to be able to do that for other people, that how many other people don't have somebody to guide them like that. And they've been around to a lot of different specialists and not gotten results. And so after that experience, it really, it formalized into some hobbies and then people started wanting to pay me for it. And I eventually turned it into a business. So for nine years, we had a brick and mortar location where we um, really aggregated a lot of different practitioners across the spectrum of the alternative world. And I got to see health from so many angles. And that um, run of nine years, we we closed the business in 2017 and went virtual and have become more or less holistic health coaches who look at all of the person and what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish and help them get well 
Um, and so we've been doing that ever since 2017. Yeah, I love it. And you have such a burgeoning practice. A lot of people are, are hearing about you. Of course, you're very prolific with your writing. And if anybody wants to Google Christian, go ahead and you'll find some very interesting documentation out there online. But one thing that's really interesting is people sometimes feel like, you know, they don't know where to turn. I mean, sometimes they feel like they're just left out in the middle of nowhere with their own health. And, you know, wherever they turn, they're getting different people telling them different things. They almost have to practice their own integrated medicine. I know that's a big problem with a lot of people. Tell us how you and your wife and your practice can help someone who's feeling that way right now. Yeah, well, part of, of trying to get well is realizing that specialists, I actually, I, to be more accurate, I call them partialists now. I think of them as they look at a part of the problem and for good or bad, they have their lens at which they see somebody, but rarely do they look at the whole person. Do they, sometimes the most obvious things that could be improved in a person's life are not what that specialist is trained in or it's not how they think. And if they don't have a sense of who is the whole human in front of me? They they tend to treat the lab test. They treat the x-ray. They don't treat the person. Sometimes they're thirsty or lonely or they're stressed about their life or there's cracks showing up in their confidence or their motivation. And they don't have a sense that they're who they're becoming is who they want to be. And then it's just, it feels like ping-ponging around rather than having a holistic strategy. And so we've kind of just stepped in to fill that void and help people who have really been frustrated by trying to integrate their own medicine and not knowing the right questions to ask, not running into the practitioners who think holistically. And that becomes, it's just such a breath of fresh air to have somebody feel like they see you, they see who you're trying to become, they understand health from so many angles, and they don't have one hammer in their toolbox. They have many different ones, and they can play the role of a head coach to help spare you a lot of wrong turns and button up the things that are the biological laws of physics, the fundamental things we all have to do, and figure out why do I not feel like doing those? Why do I not feel like going to the gym or drinking water? Why do I not put myself to bed on time? Why do I show up irritable? And where is this pain coming from? And those questions, if you just sit with them for a little bit longer, and you take a slow down to speed up approach, it's so much easier to figure out where to get leverage over somebody's health challenges. Yeah, I love it. Slow it down to speed it up. Let's slow it down a little bit because when we think about health, a lot of people get focused in on their body, but mm -hmm. there's emotional intelligence, there's relationship skills, there's how you understand how all of these things blend mm -hmm. to make a healthy human being. How does your coaching practice approach the multitude of things that you do approach? And why is it different than the other practices out there that are just focusing in on the body? Yeah, well, the human beings are complicated, right? We are, we have emotions and we have desires, we have wants, we have influences, we have things that can make claims on our time. We have different habits and different backgrounds and our stories are all unique. And so the way we have simplified as much as possible, how we start to intake somebody, how we start to get our head around who they are and what they're trying to accomplish and what the upstream log jams are in their world. We boil it down to basically three areas. There's biology. There's the, the things that are about physical health, right? We call those the fundamentals, the biological laws of physics, the things everybody has to drink water and sleep and, and eat well and move and, and so on. And so if we're not doing those, then we step back and say, well, what's the obstacle to doing those? But 
Usually that is one of two things. That's the other two. If there's biology, there's psychology, and there's context. And the psychology, the mental emotional puzzle of what's going on in someone's world tends to be where the biggest log jams are. It's their lack of belief in their self. Their self-identity is now starting to crumble or they're getting older and they're realizing the fruits of decades of how I have behaved, the habits I've had, the relationship ineptitudes I may have had, or the different things that have happened to me in life have given me the compound effect of those results. And there's often a humility. It's a, the clients that we tend to collect have been humbled or they are finally ready to turn the mirror on themselves and say, maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe the way I've been showing up, maybe the way I've been interacting with people, maybe the habits I have, maybe I don't know as much about nutrition or exercise as I thought I did because I'm not getting well. And so to be able to take that and it becomes an emotional puzzle. It becomes a who do I think I am and why am I not? What does it say about me if my results are what they are? And then to the third piece, to look at it through the lens of their context. Well, are you, what age are you? What gender are you? Do you have any kids? How many things can make claims on your time? What's actually going on? What are the moving parts of your life? And if you don't understand and account for those, you end up sliding right back down the mountain of any progress you've made because there's a systems level think often that's needed. There's a project management lens that makes it easier to say, oh, there's there's several things and they're all interrelated. We have learned that we cannot separate mental, emotional, and physical anymore. And so we stop trying and we come in with the lens of, let me help this person find a path through. And to us, coaching is the best thing because it, coach, it most of us have an experience with a coach where it's just somebody that saw you, they poured into you, they looked at who you were trying to be on the field and they saw the gaps in your approach and they're kind and they're their biggest cheerleader, but they're also a seasoned guy. They've been through the ranks of the specialist world and they're looking at you as a whole athlete and they're trying to figure out how to get you well. And so we kind of take that biology, psychology and context approach to helping someone change the trajectory of their life and their health. Wow. It's so powerful. And of course, we're going to ask you to give some bullet points and some pointers to the people watching the show. Maybe we can uh, effectuate a change in some lives today. But before we do, one thing that has made you kind of famous, Christian, is you ask questions. You like to ask questions. You like to question things, and you ask very good questions. And and for people who know who you are, they know what I mean. And for people that don't know what I mean, just Google Christian after the show. But listen, when somebody reaches out to you and they say, mm -hmm. hey, we've heard what you and Nina are doing, what are some of the questions that go into that conversation so you can start understanding about where they're at and where you want to take them. Yeah, well, in the biology lens, in the the health history, it's just as much about what are their physical symptoms and what would they like to see changed? And often it's the, what would you like to see changed that hasn't been I'm like, oh yeah, that's different. Like, what would it take for me to grow into that level of health? But a, an important question and probably where it's interesting how people use my time. They tend to appreciate the most me asking them the more personal questions because I have a kind way of holding up a mirror to somebody's behavior. And a, an important question is to let them finish the sentence, the story I'm telling myself is. And in that, inevitably, all of us, it's not any person specific, we all have stories that are not accurate. We all tell ourselves things that are unkind or not true. And we have such limiting beliefs about what is possible or who we think we can become. And so those limiting beliefs really become the cap on our ability to get well, our ability to see the world differently, to find the motivation we're looking for. And if you can just answer that and say, 
what are the stories I'm telling myself about myself? And you can have honest, safe places to do that. It is such a liberating way to look at your life because now you're no longer stuck in the box of your limited thoughts and you have a kind guide asking you questions that are genuinely like, I see you. And I I imagine that this situation makes you feel like this. And when somebody says, bingo, you nailed it. That's, I, that's what I've felt for so long. And I never knew how to say that. It's like this rush of understanding and self-compassion that leads to, well, maybe I can change. And what would have to go differently? And you take someone away from absolute binary, black and white thinking, and you nudge them in a better direction. And then if you can do that with respect for the fact that they have kids or they don't know how to cook or their job is stressful or they're living somewhere cold where winter happens all the time and you can integrate the factors of what it takes to be that person and you can help them chart a course through that in their context because when they're playing the game they can't see all the moving parts they're just playing the game of their life and when you help them see that um what are the most important factors in your life who are you trying to become what would a successful outcome look like are some of the questions we go through and if i could wave a magic wand and make one thing different what would it be and it's so telling how they answer that question because it it lets you know what's top of mind what's top of heart often if they're honest what's top of identity issues where they feel insecure and to be able to prop them up and put a foundation under them and say we can fix that like that doesn't have to be your forever state. It is a liberating and fun way to go through the journey of trying to become a different person. Christian, that's really interesting. Now, one thing that I love is this whole idea that you have about movement. Now, when I think about it, I mostly think about exercise. What, what am I going to do today? What's my workout look like? Am I going to do some hit training or lift some weights or you know go take a run or get on the elliptical? But you have this whole unique idea about movement as it sort of relates to the whole human. Let's talk about that because that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, well, there's there's exercise and there's movement. And if you can broaden your perspective beyond, okay, let's say you work out three hours a week or five hours a week. Well, what you do the other 165 hours a week is probably more influential on the health or the mechanical ability of your body than just your workout. And so if we can think what are the ways I move my body throughout the day? Can I develop a movement-rich life? Because it tends to be we are in one position for a lot of the day, or we are doing the same repetitive motions. And even the shoulder joint, for example, has so many ways it can move, but we hardly use it. And if you can move your body, and so that can be as simple as, as putting the plates on the, the low cupboard instead of the high one. Like, now you have to squat more often. Simple things, but use a, a manual coffee grinder instead of an electric one, right? It's forcing you to move. Anything that gets you moving rather than just exercising, and a lot of exercise ends up being, you know, one fixed motion or the same repetitive motions, and the body has so many other ways it can move. Look at how a dancer moves. Look at how a soccer player or a martial artist moves. That's movement. But it's, is it exercise? Well, it overlaps. It's it's three-dimensional. It moves through the breadth of what our joints can do. And that, over time, has more to do with how we how our bodies develop and sitting on the floor in different positions is another big one. It's a great way to keep your hips mobile. Well, sit on the floor. And if you sit on the floor, what you'll find is you can't sit in one position for very long because it's not that comfortable. So you're constantly moving. That's a lifestyle choice. It doesn't require you to do much different in terms of your how you spend your day. It's just I have like I have a floor desk behind me. I have a standing desk over here with a treadmill. I have different ways to move throughout the day that help me stay young. I got these kids that I want to be able to show up for, and I don't want them 
watching grandpa from the sidelines or grandpa watching from the sidelines because he can't participate in the fun. So movement rich life is the way to go. Wow. Powerful stuff. I mean, for the people watching the show, rewind what Christian just said. That's super interesting. And you mentioned something earlier about project management. And I think probably mm-hmm. caught some attention of some of the you know entrepreneurs watching the show. You look at this complete holistic approach almost as a project management program. Mm-hmm. Is that the way you look at it? And let's talk about that because I'd never heard that before. That's super interesting. Yeah. Well, if one of the ways you can think about health, so much of our health system thinks about health as like a, it's a kind of a battle against nature. We're fighting against the forces of time and of the boogeyman viruses that are trying to get us or whatever else is out there. And it's combative. And if you can think of health more like a construction project with multiple vendors, with multiple factors, with a whole lot of different things that have to come together and there's patience and there's time. And sometimes in construction, there's delays and setbacks. And it's just and looking at the things that impact the person. One of the, our phrases is that health is about wholeness. It's about doing a lot of little things well. And if we lose that health is not about one thing and we're looking for silver bullet solutions, we're going to continue to stay frustrated. But if you can step back and say, and similar in business, there are fundamentals, there's typically half a dozen in order to have a business or not have a business. Well, health is the same way. And so what would it take to integrate and manage those different aspects of the project of this person? And how do we systematize it? Because what inevitably comes to the surface are limitations of time and energy and money. And we have to have discretion and wisdom of which things and in what order and why. If you manage a construction project wrong, you're going to end up with the the drywall shows up before the two by fours, you're in trouble. But if you have a sequence and you have a, a, this comes before that, these are the things that we need to get in place first. And often that's somewhat dependent on what the person is interested or willing to work on, but they're all important. And when you can help somebody see their life and their health holistically, it's not just about managing your macros, how many grams of fiber you have, how many minutes of cardio you did. It's about, do you have outbursts of joy and laughter? Do you, do you have um, people skills? Do you have the ability to understand and interpret the confusing landscape of nutrition you hear and to just give them back an education, a foundation on which to see the moving parts and say, what we're really after here is whole life success and health is just part of it. And once that clicks, it's so much easier and kinder toward yourself to say, oh, there's a reason I can't do all the things. There are trade-offs I'm going to have to make to be able to do this well and to wrestle with why would I trade this for that? And what values do I have that informs that decision? It's it's fun for me to manage that project. It's fun for me to ask those questions and illuminate the choices because we really can't be everywhere and do everything. And once that sets in and is no longer something that beats you up emotionally, but it's something you've accepted and digested, it's, you've, it's so much more fun to wake up and put your energy toward the things that you've clarified as most important. And one of those inevitably is going to be your health. And yet that's not the only part of life that we're trying to be successful at. So that's how we think about it. It's powerful. Let's talk about your client base because there's people along the spectrum, I'll call it. Mm -hmm. There's, There's people that are every day they move forward with gratitude. Life is great. They've got a chipper, you know, step going, they smile, they're happy. They're, you know, living with faith and trust. And then there's people that are having more difficulties along the other side, let's just call it, of the spectrum. The types of people that reach out to you, where are they in their process? Where are they in their life? And what additional improvements do they need from you 
to help them get to where they want to go? Yeah, there's there's a couple things I'd say in answer to that. One, in, in terms of age and demographic, it's been interesting to me because I thought people behind me on the journey that were younger than me would be the predominant section of our client base. And it turns out it's typically people in their 50s and 60s who are in 60s really represents the largest segment of our client base. It's There's something significant that happens when you go from 59 to 60 where it's like a switch goes off and you go, Ooh, I'm not going to live forever. And maybe I should be thinking about this a little bit more strategically. I want to finish strong. I want to not continue to let these old patterns that are currently bogging me down continue to be the impediment to the life I want to live and the legacy I want to leave. And so that's often where that mindset hits people, but I've got clients pretty much in every decade. And so the, what's really the common thread that runs through their experience is there's a, they have been significantly frustrated by their efforts to heal and they're finally ready to say, maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe there's a humility. There's a, a deep sense of this isn't working and I need a systems level think. I need a different answer. I need to feel like my I can repair my confidence and find a guide who's not letting me feel so confused by so many different little niches within the world of health. And so if somebody gets to the point where they're, they're we tend to collect people who are almost at the end of their rope, who've, whether it's rescuing somebody from some health challenge like autoimmunity or diabetes, or whether it's just depression, I'm ready to shoot myself, or it's, it's whatever, um, that feeling of, I have to do something and the pain is so intense, I, I'm finally ready to do whatever it takes. That's That mindset or that situation can happen at any age, but it tends to be most predominant in the 50s and 60s, where it's really, you're thinking more um, about long-term health and, and where life is going. So, Wow. Very interesting. So people move to, into their 60s, they, they start saying to themselves, wow, you know, what's it all about? How much yeah. time do I the have left? What should down. I do? Yeah. How do I create? How do I leave a legacy? And and they do need help. They need that project management that you call it for their, for their life. Now, mm -hmm. you work with Nina, your mm -hmm. wife. Yeah. Let's talk about it a little bit. Do you have specialties between the two of you when someone reaches out to you? I mean, you have other advisors and a big network of professionals throughout the world also uh -huh. that you can lean on. But with you and Nina, how is the um, how are the people who are your clients handled? Do you handle them both or is it one person, one on one sort of a service? Yeah. So there's different models. We have one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching is the majority of what we do. And I do the lion's share of that. Nina helps on occasion with um, things that are more specific to her specialties. And typically that's in the kitchen, that's cooking, that's parenting, that is homeschooling. If those are relevant things to some of our clients, then she will help with some of those. But I do most of the the one-on-one -on -one coaching. We also have a membership model where people can get access to a lot of our content and get to interact with us a couple of times a month. But the dynamic between the two of us, we I'm happy to say we have survived entrepreneurship as a married couple and it has brought us closer and and so the the team that we have is small and that I'm it's really me eating my own cooking of some of the things I already said about wanting to live a, a well-lived life it's about I, you know I, I don't ever have plans to be a billionaire I'd, I'd rather make less money and have be wealthy in relationships and wealthy in health and wealthy in community and and other things so that I can um live a life that feels more balanced. I want to be able to show up for my kids. And so we've intentionally kept our team small, the two of us and leveraging technology and the people we know so that we don't have to 
have the complexity eat our lunch and and it's really hard to um live a great life and work nights and weekends and and not see your kids because i'm going to look back with regret if i lived that life and so we have really try to turn the mirror on ourselves as much as we do our clients and say, where are we trying to go with this? What's the golden ticket at the end of all this hard work? And for us, it's it's a small team and it's technology that lets us broaden what we're doing so that we can have the time and not wake up when we're 60 and 70 and say, how did I get here? We want to arrive somewhere on purpose. Yeah. So interesting. Of course, I believe you and Nina have five children, correct? Five and a sixth one due in a couple of weeks. So six, you're going to have six children very quickly, God willing. And of course, down the road, this video, this interview is going to be out there. So as your children get older, based on your experience of helping your clients, what do you want your children to learn about this holistic approach that they can take in their life and 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 blossom as they grow? Oh, man, so many things I could answer that with. I think one of them would just be recognizing that myopic success in one direction, super, like you can become an Olympic athlete, or you can be a super successful business professional, you can be a celebrity, or you can be really good at one thing. And if you put too much effort and fuel into one thing, you're going to look back and, and say, shoot, I missed the important things. And so what does it take to live a more uh, holistic life, right? What does it look like to have successful relationships and successful health and successful marriage and parenting? And and all of those take time and they require sacrifice and trade-off and they don't let you be as fantastically successful in one vein, but they let you actually have rest for your soul. They let you have peace of mind. They let you have joy, not just happiness, punctuated moments of vacations or whatever, but life gets to be enriching. And so to look at life that way and then to say, okay, what's a holistic view of finance? What's a holistic view of health? What's a holistic view of relationships? And to think about the moving parts of life in a way that says, I want to leave it all in the field. I don't want to have regrets. I want to push myself to get out there and try things and take risks and and see what I'm made of and find what the real limitations are and, and to do it with grace. That's something I hope they take that from their time living in this house and and spreading their wings and going into the world. I love it. I find you very thoughtful. I understand why so many people want to engage with you because you're clear-headed. You know exactly where your specialty lies. You don't go outside of that special that expertise. You stay right in your pocket. And for entrepreneurs watching the show, stay in your pocket. You know, if you need to go somewhere that's outside your pocket, bring somebody who's an expert there, you know, to help guide you a little bit. But wow, what good, what a good, what a good thought process, because I, I'm listening to you and I'm saying to myself, how can you and I right now help somebody that's watching the show? Maybe we have an entrepreneur that's struggling. Maybe you know, they're freezing in the frame. Maybe their relationships are going a little sideways because they're working so hard. Maybe they're not drinking enough water. You know, they're eating all the bad food. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what basic guidelines might we be able to give Christian some of those folks watching the show that need a little help right now? Yeah, I, I guess I'd say wherever life is giving you friction, it's a it's a check engine light coming on. If it's relationships, if your body's breaking down, if it's in your business, wherever it is, 
if you can step back and have a, a systems level think and say, what are the questions I'm not thinking to ask right now? Who has solved this problem before and what can I learn from them? I think it was Jim Rohn who said, business is a self-development course disguised as a way to make money. And if you can lean into the idea that that business entrepreneurship is amazing. You can go from exhilarated to terrified and back in 24 hours. So it's something that can shape you and force you to grow as a person. And if you don't begrudge that, if you can see that failure is an event, it's not a label, it's not your identity, it's just something that happened. And I don't know any successful entrepreneur who doesn't have an epic failure story. It's almost this rite of passage of trying and finding the limits and figuring out what does it take to become who I want to be. And that failure, if you go through that, it's just know that it's that too passes. And there's so many lessons in there. So don't be afraid to learn them. Humble yourself. And the sooner the better, because you don't know everything. A lot of the ideas you have aren't going to work. And so, okay, accept that. And once that's not something that makes you feel insecure, that's not something that makes you fearful, you can just say, huh, I wonder why that didn't work out. I wonder what I could have done better. And that posture of, huh, it's just humility. It's curious. And really, that's what it takes to become good at something, not in dogged effort. We have to be disciplined and, and do the work and figure out ways to, when it's work time, we show up and we are fully present and we work hard. And then we also check out. And you're going to have seasons where that ebbs and flows of how much. But yeah, the kindness toward yourself, some humility for the journey, not seeing failure as, an, as a label, that's going to go a long way in your psyche to help you survive the entrepreneur roller coaster. Wow. You mentioned the check engine light. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm going to have to steal that from you because that makes all the sense in the world. If something is getting a little choppy, that's a check engine light for you. And, and we know what happens if you don't go somewhere to get that check engine light turned off because they fix something, mm-hmm. that car is going to run right into the ground and it's not going to go any further. So, wow. I can see that being your TED Talk, the name of your TED Talk, the check engine light. That's great, Christian. Listen, what you're doing at True Whole Human is amazing. I loved getting you on the show. I already know I'm bringing you back because I want to do probably a full hour with you just doing what we can together to help as many people on one show as we possibly can. So I hope you're going to be up for that. But I know you've only cut out 30 minutes of time today. I want to thank you and, of course, Nina, your partner in life and your partner in your business for coming on the show. It's been a delight. And I think we've helped some people along the way. And thank you so much for coming on the dot-com magazine entrepreneur spotlight series today. Well, thank you so much, Andy. It's been an honor. 